Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action helping others and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. I want to thank all of you who have almost pushed us through to the goal for this week, which is 300 five-star reviews on Amazon for the book, Harris Rules. We really appreciate it, guys. We have, I believe, another 10 hats that we're going to be giving away. Um, you know, these hats are really badass. I promise you guys will love these hats. You can choose between a camo hat and a black hat. Hat has the embossed logo for, it's on a patch uh, for Harris Rules, the book. It looks really nice, a very high-end hat, not some junky, silly thing that you're not going to want to wear. You're going to want to wear this for sure. And uh, yeah, we'd love to give you one. No expense to you whatsoever. Uh, shipping, everything is covered. All you've got to do is go to um, Amazon, give us a five, well, I mean, preferably a five-star, but give us a review for the book, Harris Rules, and then email help at timandjulieharris.com the your preference either a black hat or a camel hat you can go to our facebook page by the way if you want to see these facebook.com forward slash tim and julie harris or if you're a, a premier coaching member it's on the private site too um but anyway regardless whether you're a client or not just email us after you've left a review um help at tim and julie harris.com and we will uh, and you have to give us your name your address and what hat you prefer and those were going to hopefully go in um, FedEx out this Saturday morning. So please do get your um, your order in fast. So Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Yes, thank you. It's going to be an interesting wrap up to our little discussion about bad habits to dump and what to do about it, how to do it that. Uh, but before we get to that, I would like to share a couple of these awesome Amazon reviews. Ready? Of course. All right, here's my favorite one from Brian. Brian writes, I am new in real estate. I started January 1st, 2018. I was discouraged by my broker not to get, I'm sorry, I was encouraged by my broker not to get discouraged if I do not have any deals closed within six months starting. I was told that this is normal. This was not okay to me. So I made the commitment not to let this happen to me. Immediately, I started looking for podcasts and books to read, and Tim and Julie Harris popped up. I bought a soft copy of Harris Rules and the ebook version. I listened to the podcast every day as I read through Harris Rules. I attribute part of my success in the last two and a half months to Tim and Julie Harris. I am currently 80 days into my real estate career and have three pending sales and two current listings. Go, Brian. Nice job. I love that review no because we are so adamantly against that terrible uh, advice, if you will, that, you know, don't get discouraged if you don't have anything closed in the first six months. That's normal. No, no, no. Not with our listeners, it's not. So thank you for sharing your experience, Brian. We really appreciate you. And a hat is on the way. And then from Molly Stewart, she writes, Tim and Julie Harris eloquently and thought-provokingly lay out the steps to take and rules to follow to succeed in real estate. They cut past the nonsense and dive into the heart of it. Work hard, do the things you don't want to do. It's no coincidence that Tim and Julie are two of the top coaches out there. They know what they're talking about. Thank you for that, Molly. Uh, so, And one more, just because it's short, from, quote, Amazon customer. No BS is correct. Don't believe all the hype and BS out there. Uh, read and learn what actually matters from the two who have lived. Thank you, guys. And again, your hats are on the way. Back to you, Tim. 
There was actually another review I was hoping you'd re read that was pretty good. I'm going to try to find it. Yeah. Now there was one in particular that which I really liked. Um, but anyway, I'll I'd search. There's. You'll know which. I let me see if I can see it. Find it real quick. I thought it really was relevant to today's show. Is the reason I'm thinking about it. Uh, no, I'm not saying it's not jumping out at me. I don't want to take time on the podcast to find it. Cool. Yeah, we'll use it tomorrow. So, but you know, Julie and I were continuing our conversation. I actually found myself talking about this in our uh, with some of my private coaching clients today, some of our elite clients. This idea of uh, I'm going to share this concept with you guys. I touched on it yesterday. It's kind of a new thought, but I talked about it with Julie throughout the day when we were together. And we're gonna it's going to be included in our new book, which is going to come out next year. But here's the idea. Here's the concept. Um, and Julie, I'm talking about hall passes. So you guys can maybe help me work on this so we can, you know, help me refine this. This is just a sort of a working idea. So here's the idea that we all have. And, you know, trust me when I tell you, I'm not, you know, Julie and I are not immune to this. We all have these tendencies to give ourselves hall passes. And what's a hall pass? It's like when you were in grade school and you needed to go to the bathroom or you needed to do whatever. You weren't allowed to be in the hall unless you had a hall pass. And the hall pass was like your ticket to freedom, right? So a hall pass concept might not be you know relevant to everyone but in any event so you are giving yourself hall passes throughout the day on tiny little micro things and it happens so fast that you're not even realizing most most times you do it so i'm on a coaching call this morning with the great brandon jackson who's having an incredible year and um he and i are talking about this very concept and i, and I was sharing with him what what i was trying to get at is the fact that generally speaking a hall pass giving hall passes is a a way of life it's a lifestyle and one thing leads to another and um, his contribution to the concept was the idea that when you allow yourself to have a donut in the morning because oh it's just one small donut and then you allow yourself to have a little something in the afternoon which is also something you shouldn't be eating the accumulation effect of all those little sort of hall passes oh you know what i worked really hard oh i had a good closing oh i did really good at orange theory oh i did whatever whatever the accumulation effect of all those little hall passes equates to you being overweight. And if you do that every year, which generally speaking, that's how once someone gets in the habit of giving themselves hall passes, remember we're talking about 10 bad habits. It's really, we're going to pivot and talk about the rest of our points today. But if you guys start monitoring yourself for all these little hall passes that you give yourself throughout the day, uh, Lena yesterday, who wrote us that uh, great, you know, pain is the discipline uh, versus the, uh, I'm sorry, pain of discipline versus the pain of regret. I thought that was really great. She's a listener as well. Hi, Lena. And she was telling me that it was something that she told herself to stop driving past for sale by owners. But so she'd been giving herself a hall pass of driving past the FISBO opposed to actually going and knocking on the door, the unrepresented owners, we like to call them, because that is really, truly all that they really are. So how many of the little hall passes are you giving yourself throughout the day? And what's the, so accumulation effect is a concept that's very easy to understand. You basically have an accumulation effect that's working for you or against you. And you can have accumulation effects working for you in certain aspects of your life and working against you and others. For example, I always use the exercise one because it's the easiest one to understand succinctly. Or you can even think of saving money, right? So if you start saving 10% off every check, the accumulation effect, quite literally, eventually will amount to something amount to something. Now, not right away, but it'll take time. But eventually, you're going to have saved more money than you would have had you not not saved that money, right? Well, it goes true with working out. It goes true with the discipline you have and the focus you have when you're in your uh, in, in work mode. Um, so like, I'll give you guys another example. I'll use Brandon since this call is still ringing in my mind. Um, I He goes to OTF every morning um, at like 
8 a.m. or 7 a.m. or some ungodly hour. Like they start classes there at 5 a.m. No, thank you. Anyway, he's one of these early riser, go to ODF, get it out of the way first thing in the morning. And he was not connecting with other people there, not talking with them. He had given himself a hall pass. Well, I'm at the gym. I do not have, to, I'm not asking him to talk about real estate. I'm just suggesting that he makes, you know, friends, personal connections, at least lay the groundwork to have personal connections. He wasn't doing it. A lot of people don't do it, by the way. That's normal behavior um, in uh, most environments. People will just like look down at their phones or they're just trying to stay in their little bubbles and not communicate with everyone. So I'm not criticizing him. I'm just pointing out the fact that he was giving himself a hall pass. Because here it was in this environment where there's 24 people, most of which he sees every morning, which he could very easily become friends with. And so he and I, and Brent is a top producing agent, one of the best agents in the country, North Carolina. He and I mapped out ways that he could have very easy conversations with folks, make them laugh, and then you know ease any you know potential awkward tension that often is in those situations. And guess what? He started doing it. He's making instant friends. Now, what's going to happen with those friendships he's making in OTF? They're going to become real estate customers, which is our hidden agenda for you guys. Uh, hopefully, you know, participating in some organized, structured workout thing like OTF. Now, where's all this go? He had been giving himself hall passes not to have those conversations. He was telling himself, and he told me this to his credit, great, great person. He said, look, I was intentional or I was knowing that I should be communicating, connecting with those people there. But I wasn't because I knew I was about to go to the office when I was done here. And uh, I was going to make some prospecting calls. I was going to start, you know, doing the work work. So I was going to give my hall pass not to have to communicate first thing. Now, here's what happened. When he stopped giving himself the hall pass of not connecting with people while he was waiting in line at OTF, when he went to the office and started making connections, guess what happened to this connection since he already started the day making connections? He was already motivated, energized, already in the zone. And it's, he basically set four listing appointments, I think he told me, in like two days. So, guys, that's what I'm talking about. It's what's the accumulation effect of now not giving yourself hall passes anymore? What's the accumulation effect of not allowing yourself to you know, do those little donuts and the cookies and the not working out as hard as you could or not putting in the effort you should with work or with lead follow-up or, you know what, that lead just came in, but I'm gonna, it's 4.30, it's in the day. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm a real estate agent all of a sudden. It's three o'clock, time to call it a day. I'll call that one back tomorrow. In other words, you give yourself a hall pass on the very basic things that are necessary for you to be successful in this business. Hey, Julie, I guess maybe I have worked this idea out. <laughs> Anything you're thinking? <laughs> well, yeah. I think that it gets down, and since we're on the OTF, you know, there's yep. so many parallels to that. You and I both observe, and I, I, I talked about it a little bit yesterday, in my own trajectory be, from going from somebody who, quote, hates running in all things cardio to, I mean, honestly, there's certain days where I actually like being on the treadmill better than the weight floor, dare I say that. Um, but, you know, the, it's one thing to work out, and I thought that I knew how to work out before. And then it's another thing to, like, every time you show up, give it all you've got. There is a huge difference. And I remember, too, from my music training, you know, there's a difference between practicing, like, just running through it and really drilling down and conquering something challenging. I think in real estate, there's a huge difference between getting through the calls, like your lead follow-up calls, for example, just, quote, getting through them and leaving some messages and whatever, versus calling with intent to set appointments. And here's the weird thing. When you have intent, it's actually a lot more efficient. You get more done. And it's, it's not even more time. It's the same amount of time. 
I was just talking to uh, Lance Kenmore, who uh, went to a Tony Robbins event, and he said that the, the most interesting thing he took away was one of his limiting beliefs was to work harder on his business must require taking time away from his family. But the aha that he had was, it's not that I have to spend more time working on the business, it's that the time that I spend has to be more efficient, more drilled down, and more specific, and that that does not take time away from my family. So I think a lot of this is the intent in your heart, soul, and mind versus what you think it is, which is like this monumental extra effort, right? So if I'm going to be at Orange Theory Fitness for an hour, one way or the other, I am going to be working out. Now, I can spend that hour doing it with purpose and trying to move forward and get better, or I can just basically call it in and, as you would say, give myself a hall pass. And, you know, there's people there that just kind of walk on the treadmill and, you know, it's better than sitting on the couch but it's not the same workout. So that's my two cents on that. Julie, do you think with that Tony Robbins thing you just said, do you think that's true? I mean, I, conceptually it's true. And I know, oh my God, are Tim and Julie about ready to challenge something that Tim, that Tony Robbins said, he's the spiritual guru of the mindset movement. Oh my God, are they about to somehow commit sacrilege against Mr. Robbins? But I mean, when you read that, when you said what you just said, I was wondering if it was true. You really have to – how can you really achieve a business if you're not going to sacrifice a little uh, of your family no, time? No, no, no. I think it's bo- you misunderstand. Uh, yes, everybody's in agreement of that, that, that it's not this whole magical, mystical balance thing. That, okay. yes, you are, of course, required to sacrifice that. Lance's thing was that he already feels like he's doing that, and I would agree that he does do that, but that it would require even more of that, that he wasn't necessarily willing to go down that path, and that's what that was about. Um, Ver- okay, so I you're saying basically that the, resolu- the resolution was using his time more wisely, in essence, is what you're saying. Being more drilled right. down when not, he was working. Not okay. It, yeah, exactly. Just like okay, can't argue with- theory, I can run at eight or I can just walk on the treadmill. I'm going to do better if I run at the, you know, eight miles an hour. Go ahead. Right. So in that moment, I, I can't argue with that. So Tony Robbins is safe from our criticism. I know he was really worried about that, too. <laughs> Uh, so when you're in that moment where you realize you're giving yourself a hall pass and like I said these are little micro moments that happen so fast sometimes you don't even realize it you know it's just that little bite of the cookie I'm not gonna eat the whole thing and the whole thing's down the app and then you're now you're working on it done it it's the it's the orange theory when you know you could be working at a certain level and you're not it's the prospecting when you know you could just be making but oh there's the email like those types of things those things happen like this but I promise you guys, if you catch yourself on that, which is very easy to do, and you push through it, and you don't allow yourself to do it, here's what's fascinating. And I deal with this all day myself, too. You are going to feel this massive surge of, of, of I don't know, something pushing back, right? When you're, when you're denying yourself the hall pass, you're going to feel this huge, like, Oh, no, dude, you deserve that hall pass. You pick up that damn donut and you eat it right now. You know, you drive past that FISBO. Don't you dare look. If when you start changing your behavior and you start taking away your permission not to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, your first physical, emotional, I don't even know where the hell it comes from, is going to be one of absolute positive uh, pushback. Uh, that's fascinating to me. I don't know if that's ego. I don't know if that, I don't know what it is. It's not like what we're asking you to do is going to require you any sort of physical discomfort. It's not like you're going to be, you know, somehow, uh, you know, displaced to somehow, you know, never. I, it just the whole thing's crazy, right? It's just all in our heads. But it's that extra thing that you do when you just push through and you don't allow yourself to take that hall pass. 
that's what makes you special. That's what makes, when you become aware of it, it, Julie and I say all the time, the difference between who you want to be, what you want to do, what you want to earn, let's just cut to it, and what you are earning, it's usually not a thousand percent more effort or a thousand percent more education or a thousand percent more anything. It's usually like 10% or 15%. It's just usually about these small little incremental things that you've just probably ne never had. I Well, it is. I know why, because no one's ever pointed out to you how important they are. No, you have gone through life allowing yourself to have too many hall passes, accepted the hacks that you've put into place, and the accumulation effect of having taken those shortcuts, hall passes again, you're maybe not where you want to be in your life. If you are willing to accept the fact that you maybe shouldn't be doing that any longer and you start recognizing when you are, the other side of that, after you move past the initial surge of, uh, I don't know, resistance, after you push past that is a little bit of extra work, 10 or 15%. But the results you get are miraculous. And here's why I think a theory that we're working on is because virtually nobody else will push past, past it. Because it's become second nature for so many people just to give themselves hall passes throughout their entire lives. Because, guys, it's not just the obvious things. It's not just the not working out or the eating the shit. It's basically how you treat other people. It's how you treat your loved ones. It's how you treat your children. It's how you respect your money. It's how all these little tiny incremental things tiny, tiny little things, they accumulate and they put you in a place where you don't necessarily want to be. And all you've got to do is stop allowing yourself to take the hit the easy button, push through it, and then put a little bit of extra effort on. And you do that consistently throughout one day, you will see an immediate result. One month, then it starts to get freaky how different things are. I mean, again, we can give you countless examples, but I think you guys intellectually at least understand what we're saying is true. Any other thoughts, Julie, you want to finish out our points? Yeah, I mean, you can virtually apply this to every last thing in life, everything, you know, it's, I think the obvious ones are what you said, what you're eating, you know, you're sleeping, how you're working, how you're treating other people. But I think it's a great exercise to go through your next day or two and observe yourself, you know, am I giving it all I've got or am I just kind of sliding by on individual things that you've got going on in your calendar. So I, I think it's, it's definitely going to come out in the uh, – upgraded book that we're working on. So ruminating that and making that clear. Very good. Uh, so shall we continue with our last three, which are related to this, our last three bad habits to give up. And then go for we'll it. go to another top tomorrow. Okay, so point number eight, quit living in another time and place. Some people spend their entire lives trying to live in another time and place. They lament about what has been, what they could have done, or what might become. However, the past is gone and the future does not yet exist. No matter how much time we spend thinking and lamenting about either, it doesn't change anything. One of life's sharpest paradoxes is that our brightest future hinges on our ability to actually be present. We need to live more in the moment. Living in the moment requires active, open, and intentional awareness on the present. Don't fantasize about being on vacation while you're at work, and don't worry about work piling up on your desk while you're on vacation. Live for now. Notice the beauty unfolding around you and know how to, quote, change the channel. This was a very significant thing that I learned early on in our career. I remember, you know, going to, I think it was a Howard Britton event, and I was overwhelmed. It was one of those months where we had 20-plus transactions closing, and I'm, I was trying to live through the stress of it all, and I was just talking to different Howard Britton stars, and some of them had good advice, and some of them had 
you know, not great advice like, well, you just have to do your time. I used to hate it when people would say stuff like that because that doesn't really give you anything. Um, but, Joey, stop there. Somebody, stop there. Stop yeah. there. Stop there. Why do people say shit like that? I'll tell you why. Because they don't know the answer, I guess. Well, it's because they don't know how to explain the answer. And th that's the difference. So so a lot of you guys, when you're trying, when you go to a, someone who calls himself a coach and you have these sort of mediocre experiences and you don't really feel like you are given any actual drilled down information, it's because there is a massive difference between having done it at a high level and being able to teach somebody else to do it at a high level. Massive. And you can't fake you. that. That only comes from having taught some, not only having done it at a high level, but also having taught other people how to do it at a high level for a long damn time, <laughs> okay? And you can't fake that. So when you guys have these shitty experiences with other coaches and trainers, and you email us, and I hear it all the time. I've discovered, wish I would have discovered you guys before. I was with this other coaching organization, and blah, 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 and this was my experience. They give me this raw, raw, fluffy bullshit, and I never felt like I had any actionable items. All that sort of thing I hear all the time. Or they were telling me to sign up for Zillow. They're telling me, telling me to sign up for this CRM and that CRM, but nothing really drilled down, and I never moved the ball down the field. It's because there's a huge difference between having done it, which most of these coaches and trainers never have in the first place, having done it at a high level, now you've eliminated virtually all of them, and then having helped literally thousands of other people to do at a high level consistently we're the only ones that have done that. There's nobody else in the coaching industry like us. There's no parallel. It sounds like a big ego statement that I'm making right now, but it's true. And a lot of you guys are realizing this or you're learning this the hard way because you're going through the, you know, you're suffering the perils of essentially signing up for a blah, blah, rah, rah, fluffy coach. That's not what we are. We're always going to give you information to help you guys make money and stay focused. Julie? Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things that I eventually came to is this concept of being able to change the channel and to keep yourself in the present. So where does stress in real estate come from? It comes from being supposedly at work. You know, it's a work day. But what are you doing? You're Googling your next vacation or you're just kind of screwing around and moving paper around your desk. That's not being at work. You're not there. And by the same token, let's say that you're going to your kid's soccer practice but you're on your cell phone trying to text clients and do your follow-up while you're supposedly at your kid's game. That's also in the gray area. And so it's like, and I know our millennial listeners won't get this, but for the rest of you, when you used to not have a remote for your TV and you would actually turn the channel and it would click, but you were in between channels and you got all this snow on the screen, there was nothing. You weren't actually on a channel. That's the same as being at work but thinking about something else or being at your kid's what have you but not really being there. You're not present. You're in the snow. You're in between channels. So learn to change channels. This also plays into this whole concept of trying to multitask, where lots of scientific studies have shown that to be a bunch of baloney. There is no multitasking. All you're doing is turning on and off different synapses in your brain quickly, which is actually very exhausting to your brain and not efficient at all. So when you flip the channel to work mode, you have to be in work mode. It's actually a lot less stressful when you handle, handle your schedule that way. I don't know if that makes any sense. That may come out in the book. We'll see. So point number nine, quit trying to become somebody that you're not. One of the greatest challenges in life is being yourself in a world that's trying to make you like everyone else. Someone will always be prettier, smarter, younger, taller, but they will never be you. So don't change so that people will like you. Be yourself, and the right people will love you. Now, I, I'm going to put a caveat on that. 
that doesn't mean that you should just not be versatile and just be who you're going to be. I'm talking more about this, this uh, phenomenon where everybody thinks that they have to be a driver to be successful or that you think that unless you're a natural salesperson and you're, you can't change to be that way, that you're going to suck. I always say to my clients, and I've had lots of great success with this, be yourself, but be yourself selling, talking about real estate. Be who you are, but layer some great scripts on top. Own them, you know, memorize, internalize, personalize. Then you can still be yourself, but that gives you the versatility through your scripting to be more appealing to everyone else. It doesn't mean that you have to put on somebody else's skin and do something that's just so uncomfortable. So many people use that as an excuse. It, it just probably drives me crazy. Anyway, I'm going to give one last one, and then I've got to get to Premier. Uh, point number 10, and we're wrapping up our bad habits. Quit being ungrateful. Thank the things that didn't work out because they just made room for things that will. And thank the ones who walked away from you because they made rooms, room for people who won't. Remember, it's too soon to tell. No matter how good or bad you have it, wake up each day being thankful for your life. Someone somewhere else is desperately fighting for theirs. Instead of thinking about what you're missing, think about what you have that others are missing. Find the next person you can help, and of course your mindset will instantly change. And I'll leave that with you so I can get you premiere. Yeah, so guys, listen, um, you know what? It's still early in the year, relatively speaking, but let's just be honest. In another 60 days, if you don't have your act together, you're probably not going to have enough time to build significant mo momentum going forward, and you're going to lose a year. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're thinking about doing to buy leads, just don't do it. It's just dumb. You guys got to really learn and really accept the fact that if you want to last in this industry, you have to be a listing agent. Buyers are great, but to build a business around it, it's, it's, it's impossible, really, because you have no leverage. It's your nights and your weekends, and it's an incredible cost of having to, you know, just the whole thing. There's no leverage being a buyer's agent. There isn't a listing agent. And I'm here to tell you, and we've done podcasts on this before, I don't believe the buyer's agency as it is right now is going to be around for much longer. It's very realistic to assume that sellers are going to wake up and say, why the hell am I paying the other agent to negotiate against me and represent the buyer? Did you guys know that you can finance the buyer's agent's cost? It, it, you literally can roll it into a, it, it, the government-backed mortgages. There's a carve-out where you can actually finance the 3% for buyer's agency fees. Well, how about an you know, innovative brokerage that comes around and says, hey, guess what, Mr. Seller? You know what? You don't have to, we're not going to mandate you, you pay the co-op. That if there's a buyer that wants to use a buyer's agent and they want to, uh, you know, have that agent represent them, they're going to have to pay their own fees. And if they don't have the money, well, they'll either buy the house or they can find it, not buy the house or they can finance it into the deal. And that, how long is it going to take for sellers to say, hell yeah, that's what I've been saying. Why am I paying the other agents to negotiate against me? Guys, that's right around the corner. Don't think it's not. Of course it is. You know, there's so many interesting reasons to believe that the whole day of the um, big portals is coming to an end. I had a great conversation with one of our top clients. I'm trying to, I wrote some notes down actually. I'm going to try to find it. Oh, here it was. Joe up in Reno. Joe was telling me that he has a onslaught of people that call him and just ask him, you know, he has a lot of listings, like 20. And they just call him, first question, are you the listing agent? Are you the listing agent? Are you the listing agent? Those are people that are moving to Reno. So here's something I wrote down for Joe, and I, you know, I'm going to share it with all of you guys. On all of your marketing and every place where your name goes, I want you, you know, where there's, yeah, you're, you're marking one of your listings. I want you to say, say this, write this down. Call the listing agent and then your name. Call the listing agent Joe. Call the listing agents Tim and Julie Harris. 
because buyers want to deal directly with the listing agent. Why? In the old days, the buyers that wanted to deal directly with the listing agents were generally buyers that were going to try to get the listing agent to kick in commission. Not now. They don't want to deal with the agents that know nothing about the listings. And the ones that are, I think, arguably trying to fool the buyers into believing that they're the listing agents on the portals, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, that is not going to be something that this, even the moderately savvy buyer is going to put up with anymore. You know this as well as I do. Zillow has a long time ago came out with scripts to help their uh, subscribers try to overcome the objection about I only want to deal with a listing agent. Uh, you know, is that even really something you guys want to associate yourself with, trying to fool potential buyers that you're the listing agent? Isn't that kind of what you're doing when you advertise on Zillow's uh, marketing? Is that maybe one of the reasons subconsciously you don't feel completely comfortable taking those leads and following up with them because you feel like you kind of got them through cheating? I'm not saying you did or didn't, but I've heard this from many different agents that that was one of the subconscious beliefs that they realized uh, were maybe making it so that they didn't really want to chase the Zillow leads. And, you know, over time, obviously the Zillow lead quality, a lot of you guys complain about that. So here's the moral of the story. We are seeing, and we believe that in a very short while, you're going to see top listing agents and brokerages make a total break from Realtor.com and from Zillow because they are tired of allowing their listings and their, you know, people have been talking about this for a long time. The industry has been talking about this for a long time. And so the, the counterpunch to this theory was, well, Mr. Listing agent and listing brokerage, your sellers are, gonna, are not going to get the exposure that they need to get the most money for the house. And after all, more exposure equals a higher sale price for the house. Well, guess what, guys? That's proven not to be true. There has never been a research study that's been actually done that's proven that more exposure equals higher price. Matter of fact, it's easy to assume that having a bunch of agents uh, who act like they're the listing agent on your particular listing, give false information or not complete information or flip that potential buyer who might want to buy your house into another listing. It's lots, there's lots of arguments that can be made uh, to convince any seller that actually the, uh, that overexposure is costing them a potential sale, is costing them uh, essentially the most money that they could possibly get for the house. You guys get the flip side to that? So I'm seeing across the uh, country, things like thepls.com out in uh, LA. I'm seeing other top brokerages, innovative, smart, forward-thinking agents who are saying, you know what, maybe I'm going to get together with the other top 30 listing agents in my town, and maybe I'm no longer, we're no longer going to put our stuff on the MLS right away. Maybe we're going to carve it out so that our stuff just goes on our private website for the first 30 days, and if a buyer's interested, they call the listing agent directly. You know the market's going to love it. You know the buyers will love it. Guys, that's coming. I promise you that's what's going to happen. So you have to realize that we're talking about, you know, buying, we're talking about bad habits. Buying leads is bad habits. Being lazy is uh, essentially a bad habit. When you decide to buy a lead back to what we were talking about earlier, isn't that just another form of a hall pass, giving yourself the excuse not to actually have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level? It's an interesting concept, isn't it, guys? Look, we're never going to basically just give you raw, raw, you know, mindset, movement, fluffy stuff. We're always going to tell you the truth because if we don't, who will? Who does in this industry? Who says what we say? Nobody. Why? Because this stuff is the truth. And because when you tell somebody the stuff that we say, like we say it, oftentimes some people are going to have their feelings hurt. But on the other side of having your feelings hurt or being slightly offended, you're going to have a breakthrough and then you're going to start actually embracing the idea of the highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to other people. And being of service to other people is what this industry is all about. And you can only do that 
when you become the best version of a salesperson that you can. That means you have to become a masterful listing agent. So listen, guys, if you need us or anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.